The NFL is one of the most entertaining leagues because of its parity. This year is no different. There's a lot of teams that started 2-0, and there's a lot of teams that started 0-2. Which bunch of the 0-2s can make the playoffs? And who of the 2-0 bunch can maintain their form and continue their good play? We'll cover that, as well as the top performers of Week 3, as well as cover the top five matchups of Week 4 for our time together today. So stay tuned, and let's get this football party rolling. Welcome to the Super Fan Dan Show. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law. If you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive. And now here is your host. What a game! Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Super fan. Dan. Hello, my friends. So glad you could join us today for our show. So happy and stoked to be talking about the NFL with all you lovely fans out there. If this is your first time stopping by, we'd love for you to join our community by joining our socials, which will be on Facebook, X, and Instagram at Show. We can't wait to meet you and discuss about this great sport together. This week... I wanted to focus on a week two breakdown for the NFL, obviously, but the fascinating stats behind starting 2-0 and 0-2. For instance, we're going to go over the bad news first, and those are the teams that are 0-2. There are nine teams that are 0-2 this season, five from the AFC and four from the NFC. From the AFC, we have the New England Patriots, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Houston Texans, the Denver Broncos, and the LA Chargers. From the NFC, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, the Carolina Panthers, and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, here's some fun stats for you. Teams that start 0-2. Since the playoffs expanded in 1990, so that's from 1990 to 2022, roughly 32 seasons, 30 teams out of 265 that have started 0-2 have made the playoffs. Those are odds of 11%. And since the merger of the NFC and the AFC in 1979, six teams that have started 0-3 have made the playoffs or 3% odds. In addition to that, only three teams that have started 0-2 have won the Super Bowl, and those teams are the 93 Cowboys, the 2001 Patriots, and the 2007 Giants. So the odds are not in your favor if you go 0-3. When I look at these teams, I immediately count out Chicago, Carolina, Arizona. Chicago is an absolute mess. Justin Fields is missing reads. There's a lot of wrong with this team. 
And I don't think the coaching has helped him that much, but Fields is becoming a liability for that team. Carolina still has a rookie in Bryce Young. They're going to be growing pains this year. We're not going to know anything about that team for another couple seasons at least. Arizona, I will give them credit. They are fighting, and they should have beat the Giants this past week in Week 2, but they didn't because they're starting Josh Dobbs. I think they're trying to play to get Caleb Williams, which I don't blame them, but honestly, they might wreck him too because Arizona's a train wreck as well. When I go to the AFC, I think it's more interesting. I'm going to count out Houston because, again, rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud put up some nice numbers in Week 2, but they still have a lot to work out there. So for me, I look at the other four in the AFC and Minnesota in the NFC. Minnesota, to me, has the best chance of going and winning and making the playoffs just because they're in a division that's very uh, down this year. And that's no offense to Detroit and Green Bay. It's just that it's not been to the standard it has been with Rodgers at quarterback. So I still think that division's up for grabs. They just got to get on the winning bus now so that they don't fall too much in a hole. But when I look at the NFC, and it's very interesting, New England's just in trouble with Buffalo and Miami being in the same division. The Jets are an easier team now without Rodgers, but New England is definitely looking up and in the deepest hole right now out of those teams, I believe. Then you look at a team like Denver and LA Chargers. What if, what if Denver has lost his two games by a combined three points? The Chargers have lost by a combined five points. Just absolutely bizarre what these teams are going through right now. Denver had a chance to tie the game on a pretty miraculous Hail Mary last week. I've never seen a Hail Mary bounce twice, I think, and caught in the end zone, but then missed the two-point conversion. Just absolutely rough. And then they dropped an egg against the Raiders. One point loss, 17 to 16. And lo and behold, in week three, you get to go to the Dolphins to try to save your season. Like I said, you still have a chance to make the playoffs at 0-3, but 3% odds, not good. If the Broncos want to do anything this year, they better go on a winning streak, and they better start on Sunday in Miami. Then I look at the LA Superchargers or the LA Dud Chargers would be the best way to describe them this season quite honestly because they played a great game against Miami. They got the ball last they had a chance to score, couldn't get it done. Then you play the Titans, a team that struggled mightily against New Orleans. Tannehill looked terrible. You lose in overtime to the Titans. The Chargers are once again playing down to their opponents. And we're going to talk about this game later too, but one of the top games of week three are the Chargers and the Vikings because the loser of this game is probably out of the playoff race because the chances, again, are not in your favor. So you have to get out of these early holes to have a shot, have a feasible shot at the playoffs, quite honestly. Because when I look at last year's playoffs, there were three teams that started one and two, and they still made the playoffs. And especially with that extra slot now they added so that there's seven teams, the chances of making the playoffs only increase, but only if you win games. So there's going to be a lot of alarm amongst these teams to try to wake up and 
make something happen. Now, the team that's interesting to me is Cincinnati. They unfortunately lost to the Ravens in a close contested game, lost by three. But this is very familiar. Cincinnati, 0-2 last year as well, went on to go 12-5 and and went to the AFC Championship game. So if there's a team that can overcome this and make it happen, the answer is the Bengals. But they haven't made it easy on themselves. They do have a home game Monday night, but it's against the LA Rams, who have looked surprisingly good this year. So if they won like last year and have that success like last year, starting 0-2 and still making the AFC Championship game, they have to bring their A game for the foreseeable future. And, I mean, even if they lose against the Rams, they do have the Titans and Cardinals and Seahawks, but the Cardinals have proven to be a tougher team than we thought. The Titans, apparently when they show up, can be a good team. Seahawks are always a trouble. And then you play the Bengals. The Bengals will play the Niners and the Bills in back-to-back games on October 29th and November 5th. Good luck with that. Good luck with that, Bengals. So if I were you, I would win sooner rather than later. Now, those are the nine teams that are owned too. On the flip side, we also have nine teams that are 2-0, and and this is very unbalanced. The AFC has two teams that are undefeated. The NFC has seven right now. The AFC right now is Miami and Baltimore. The NFC has San Francisco, which is no surprise, but then three teams from the NFC East and three teams from the NFC South, which is mind-boggling. Dallas, Philly, and Washington from the East, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay in the South. Now, of course, this is going to eventually wear itself thin because they're going to beat each other at some point and these teams are going to diminish. And I think the Dolphins are still in possession of the only undefeated record and they can drink champagne whenever that happens and continue to celebrate that they're the only undefeated team in NFL history back in the 70s, which is still mind-boggling to me that it hasn't happened at least once since then. So it's an amazing NFL feat, I think, to go undefeated, especially with the extra game now to make it 17 games. And when I look at these teams, the team that surprises the two teams that surprised me that are undefeated are Tampa Bay and Washington. Washington with Sam Howell. He's not losing them games. He's keeping them in them, giving them a chance, and looking good doing it. I give him props. Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield. Maybe we'll get to see him in more commercials again because I loved him in commercials, didn't like him as a quarterback, but it seems like when he's an underdog, he plays better. When he is against the ropes, he plays better. So props to Tampa Bay, props to beating the Bears, props to beating the Vikings to be in this position. I think the teams that have a chance to have prolonged success, Miami, Baltimore, Dallas, Philly, of course, I don't see Washington holding this out, especially with Howell at quarterback, but you can prove me wrong. Out of the NFC, I still only see New Orleans keeping steady because I think they have the most consistent quarterback play, although Atlanta has some offensive firepower that if they keep connecting and if they keep performing well, could make some noise. And, of course, San Francisco. That was my Super Bowl pick at the start of the season. No surprise there, and I think they will continue to have success as well. Now, the numbers behind these records are also fun to look at as well. Teams that start 2-0 make the playoff 63.8% of the time since the postseason expansion in 1990. If you go 3-0, those odds go up to 75%. 
So lots of cause to try to keep on winning to help boost those percentages to give you a better chance of making those elusive playoffs. Moving along here, let's talk about the top performers of week two. And me as a Packers fan, this one hurts, but I have to admit, I loved watching B. John Robinson play. Looks like a newer version of Alvin Kamara, quite honestly. Nice shifty moves, great power, great speed, and the Packers defense just could not stop him to save their lives. When you look at his stats, 19 carries, 124 yards, six and a half a carry, and you include four catches for 48 yards on five targets. Just really fun to watch him play. I just wish he didn't beat our, my team, the Packers, but you know what? I got to give you your props. And also, I got to give a shout out to Jordan Love. Leads the league in quarterback rating, had three touchdowns and no picks. The last quarterback to do that for the Packers in their first two career games, his name was Brett Favre. So for those people saying that Jordan Love can't be the third consecutive quarterback to be a possible Hall of Fame candidate, well, he's off to a great start. Yards are kind of low. Um, it's a little bit skewed, though, because two of those long passing plays were negated due to defensive pass interference. So they still got the yardage, just not the catches that would have got Love easily 250, 260 yards. But still played solid. When you look at the fact that there was no Christian Watson, no Aaron Jones, no David Bakhtiari, and Elton Jenkins got hurt. When you look at this, look at the receivers he has throwing to. He is throwing to Dontavian Wicks, sixth round rookie. Jaden Reed looks really good, but still is a rookie. Romeo Dobbs, second year player. Luke Musgrave, rookie. Samori Torre, second year player. So, and Malik Heath, undrafted free agent, rookie this year. So, the fact that that's his receiving core and he's still putting up good numbers despite that. It's a good thing. Nothing but good things for Green Bay ahead. Green Bay could struggle this year because of that and trying to overcome that. But they're headed in the right direction. I like what I see out of them. Another top performer we have from the past week. Props to the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. The real Josh Allen showed up. 31 for 37, 274. Rating of 124.5 and three touchdowns. Spread out to Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, and Dawson Knox. Welcome back, Josh. And he's here to stay. And what I love about this stat line is that he only had three carries for seven yards. He needs to be more of a quarterback and less of a runner because if he gets hurt, Buffalo's in trouble. He is the engine that sparks the Bills and their chances at a Super Bowl. So good job, Josh. Props to you. Another player that stood out to me is from the Seahawks, and that's Geno Smith. Got that huge contract extension last year or this, this offseason and had a rough first game, but he shows up 32 of 41, 328, two touchdowns, 116.3 rating in a win at Detroit in overtime. So big win for them to avoid the 0-2 slump there and to have a good shot at Challenging for the NFC West. Uh, next up on my list here, and the last one I want to focus on is TJ Watt. What an absolute beast this man is. When I look at TJ Watt, he is just an absolute fun guy to play. 
And I'm a Badger fan as well. University of Wisconsin on Wisconsin. He was a blast to watch at Wisconsin. So seeing him play well in the pros is not surprising. But he had an unbelievable game, scoring his first touchdown off a fumble return, getting four total tackles, one sack. But this is the fun part. One pass defended and four quarterback hits. He consistently disrupts the quarterback constantly. And he's probably the front runner for defensive player of the year, as he should be. So props to TJ Watt on his excellent performance on Monday night versus the Cleveland Browns. Now on to our last segment of our show today. We are going to talk about the top five matchups of week two. I thought this went really well last week, so we're going to keep this as part of our show. And we will start with number five. I got to go with the Bills and Commanders. This is at the Commanders. One of the surprising 2-0 teams. If they can somehow beat Josh Allen and the Bills to go 3-0 and to start the season and the Bills drop to 1-2, and that would be quite the story, especially with Sam Howell at quarterback. If Sam Howell hangs onto the ball and plays good quarterbacking instead of throwing it to the other team, Commanders have a chance to win. However, I think he's going to be turnover prone in this game, and the Bills will pull out the victory there, I believe. But it should be a good game. Next up, we have number four. The Eagles and the Bucks. The Eagles are not surprising as a 2-0 team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a surprise as a 2-0 team. And this game is interesting because it's at Tampa Bay. Can Baker continue his magic and lead them over the previous year's runner-ups in the Eagles? I don't think so. I think the Eagles have found a star in DeAndre Swift. He looked great last week in their game against the Vikings. I have the Eagles winning this game, but it's going to be close. I have Eagles winning by maybe a field goal in this game, but it should be a game to watch out for sure. Following that, we have... Number three. And it's a team that's trying to hold on to survival here, and that would be the Denver Broncos versus the Miami Dolphins. This game is at Miami. Could you imagine if Sean Payton and Russell Wilson go 0-3, especially with all the trash talk that Sean Payton had for the previous coaching regime and how they were awful? Well, if you start 0-3, Sean Payton, what does that make you? Good luck. Stopping Tua and Tyreek and Waddle. You do have Patrick Sertain, but a defense needs more than one player to succeed. And can Russell Wilson finally put together four decent quarters instead of a decent quarter and a half per game? I think the Dolphins have this one. The high electric offense, especially in Miami. I see Tyreek and Waddle having big days. And I see the Dolphins winning by 10 in this football game. Next up on our list, we have number two, the Vikings and the Chargers, two teams that are 0-2 and want to avoid the 0-3 curse that can cause you a 3% chance to make the playoffs. The question is, is which team's going to show up? Kirk Cousins looked great in week two, looked terrible in week one. Herbert has looked decent, but the Chargers tend to play down or up to their opponent, quite honestly. And this game is at Minnesota. I think those fans are going to be rocking. They're going to be loud. 
I see Minnesota escaping with this victory. I see Justin Jefferson going off against the Chargers. The Chargers will find a way to keep it close somehow, but I see the Vikings on a game-winning field goal to win this game away and to go one and two and to be in the thick of it in the NFC North. And last but not least, we have number one. To me, it's one of the most interesting games because it's a team that's trying to hang on to survival and a team that's trying to prove that they're better than everyone thinks they are. And that's the Rams versus the Bengals on Monday night. This game is at Cincinnati. The Rams have looked solid in both games against Seattle and put up a hard-fought loss against the San Francisco 49ers. Now you get to play the Bengals, who made the AFC Championship game last year. And like I said, the Bengals started 0-2 last season, owing to finish 12-5 and and make the AFC Championship game. This is a must-win, if anything, for Cincinnati. They cannot fall 0-3, especially if Baltimore wins again and goes to 3-0. That'll be a very tough hole to come out of. And the Baltimore faces the Colts and Gardner Minshew. So the Baltimore could easily win that game as well. And if Cincinnati loses that game and Baltimore wins theirs, they're in the hole by three games already. So I think this is a huge must-win. The real Joe Burrow has to come out of his shell at some point. And I do have Cincinnati winning this game by seven in a close contest against the Rams. But here's the most important question. What do you guys think? Which 2-0 team do you think can make the playoffs or will falter? And which 0-2 team can make the playoffs or will continue to fall down the slope that they have put themselves on? Well, we'd love to hear your opinion, and you can share that opinion on our socials, on our Facebook page, Instagram, or Twitter, which is now X, and we would love to hear your responses to those questions. Well, my friends, it's been great talking with you. I'm so thankful you could join us today. God bless, and we'll see you next time here on the Superfan Dan Show, where football is our middle name. We'll <laughs> be